Buzz Buzz Babies. We are back for another episode of Blake's Buzz. And this week, I've got a rising star of a writer. Frankie White is in the house tonight. He has written some really amazing comics that I think everybody should check out. He's done Starless Daydream. He's done Broken Bear, 20 Fists. The Amber Door just had a successful campaign on Kickstarter. And his newest book, Eat My Flesh, Drink My Blood, is, is out in the wild. People are loving it. And I'm so excited to talk to him tonight. If you guys don't know Frankie, you're going to get to know him tonight i promise you that and he is worth keeping an eye on i i have a feeling in like a year he's gonna be like writing it in fucking dc and shit he's gonna be too cool to talk to me but, <laughs> but we're, i'm gonna get him in now right so i can when he when he's big time i'll be like remember <laughs> yes, <laughs> Frankie, how, how you doing tonight buddy <laughs> i'm doing good i am fantastic that's good, man. I'm, uh, I'm, I feel like you're having a lot of luck with, I mean, just coming right out of the gate with, with, uh, eat my flesh, drink my blood. You've, you, you are very much in the realm of like new age comic book horror titles, right? You got the long cover, you got great looking art or the, not the long cover. You got the long title, which, you know, like it's, it's intriguing, but like all these long titles are all for horror books. Mm. I don't know if there's a science behind that or if it's like a magical spell or some dark magic or something. Um, but you know, like, the the interior work is great the, the coloring's great your story is phenomenal and and you have this really intriguing like this this trinity vibe right everything's in threes which we find out you know part of that why in in the story of course uh but yeah I mean, eat my flesh drink my blood man how i mean you you've already you were already in contact with dauntless right you've already kind of mm -hmm. like you've got your foot in their door and they're they're liking you and they're you know you they they reprinted starless daydream uh so you were like their first wave of of creators kind of on on their first go like how'd you get how'd you get involved with them like how'd, how'd that happen uh so i was talking to marcus this would have been like at this point now maybe a year or two ago he had reached out to me um and he was asking if i had any like projects that i was considering working on or anything like that and at the time i had like two ideas one one is another project that i did a short for with cat bauman who did the art for 25th uh, it's called the love remains and it's about a couple in a post-apocalyptic world um, and one of them is a ghost. And so that one we did a short for, and I was tempted to do something with that. And I was like, but let me pitch you this crazy idea first, because very rarely does a publisher come to you and say, hey, we want to work with you and we'll help you make this thing. And the thing is called Eat My Flesh, Drink My Blood. And I was like, I want to make something that's really gory. I want the back half to be full nudity. I want it to be like the thing when you were a kid and you were like, oh, I got the VHS for this. Like, let's put it on during the sleepover. Like, you know, that kind of like vibe of just like you stumble into something, you're like, oh, this, wow, this isn't right. <laughs> like that kind of mentality. And when I pitched him the idea, he loved it, thankfully. I mean, because without Dauntless, without Marcus, honestly, like that book probably wouldn't exist. It's just, it's a hard yeah. ask to, to get published. And even with the shortened version that we do have, that's, you know, it's like 55, 56 pages long. You know, even getting to that point was a lot because, you know, that's a lot of money to, to get that made. There's a lot of page rates. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then you, you guys also did the, well, the, the whole format is different, right? We got the three, three, like mm -hmm. kind of widescreen panels on every page, uh, whether you got the absolutely gorgeous hardcover with, with Skylar's art on it, or if you got the regular, uh, like soft cover ish mm -hmm. edition, right? Like they're still the same size. It's like that oversized magazine format. Yeah. So, so yeah, like no matter what you do, you're, you're, you know, the, it's, it's a more expensive comic to produce because of the way you did it. Did anyone try and tell you like, all right, Frankie, like it's a good idea, but like 
this is how much it would cost if you did it like a regular comic book. And you were like, no, no, sir. <laughs> so the only thing that happened with that, no, and thankfully Marcus and Dauntless were very, very supportive of basically every crazy idea we wanted to do, doing the three panels per page, doing the magazine format, because we wanted to have that really wide sort of cinema scope, like every panel is like a movie frame sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It was It's me and Adam really trying to flex our like, we love movies muscles, basically, while staying in the realm of comic books. Um, but Marcus was really supportive of like doing the three panel format the entire time. The magazine, the only thing that the only like issue we ran into was more just like originally the script was going to be 66 pages long. And he asked us if we could trim it a little bit just to cut costs a little bit. And thankfully, you know, that's not too bad. You can work around that. Yeah. Someday I would like to do a like director's cut <laughs> and somehow try to work 10 pages back into it and really fluff it out. Cause like as much as I love the story as it currently exists, like I really like i'd like to do even more i'd like to, i'd like yeah. to spend a little bit more time in the basement doing some gory gross stuff i'd like to do a little bit more relationship building stuff in the first half uh but yeah so he was really supportive pretty much the entire time like of just letting us go buck wild and no censorship or editorial notes really like <laughs> with the story which was awesome very rare <laughs> that, that would be a cool you know well also you know like you know as as an as a you know paying respects to like you know cinema and the horror cinema like the director's cut right like that would be eat my flesh drink my blood the director's cut like i'd i'd double dip for it it's like, one of those things sweet. Like, what is the director's cut for that because normally it's like you go from like a pg-13 to an r rating or like an yeah. r rating to an nc-17 or an unrated and it's like r basic version is already like nc7 it's like how far can we push the envelope (laughs) you know it's it's interesting though to me that i didn't know that they that that you cut some of it um because it's it's very it's high paced right but it's not it did not feel rushed you know it it like you get to know the characters uh you know once the shit hits the fan it it really moves but like there wasn't it doesn't it doesn't feel like a, a shortened experience by any means now i loved it and would love more pages uh and and i definitely loved the the end with the question mark because i would love to see where we can go uh from here i know we both like rob zombies halloween movies and one of my favorite things about the rob uh halloween movies is that you know so many times uh when these characters go through these experiences right they come back for the sequel and they're like i lived everything's fine like ptsd isn't real in hollywood right and and they go through that i love yeah i know and i'm like yes like this would fuck someone up forever right you would have to like take pills to sleep you know i I don't think you could ever just like take a nap uh because you're tired or go to sleep normally or any noise right or a knock on the door or the wind blowing like that would like send you into a frenzy and i i feel like uh you know lisa we we could see that you know and 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 and, you know like i don't want to like spoil it but like because of the events and what happens like she'd be dealing with that for a while now right because there's uh you know there i I saw it's so hard i just want to like say everything yeah it's hard (laughs) it's really hard it's been hard to promote it because there's only so much you can show and i've even been in the past i was hesitant to even show the basement scene right because like (laughs) anything in there is almost a spoiler right it tells you exactly but i don't think the good thing about the book is that i don't we don't ever try to twist your perception like i think from the beginning once it starts it just is just like here's how it's going and you know something weird's going to happen you don't know how weird it's going to get but like something weird and upsetting is probably going to happen 
because it's called eat my flesh drink my blood <laughs> but like that the way we set up the ending i would love to do a follow-up to it again to explore that but I, I, I joked with marcus and with adam and with ahg like if i did a follow-up for it i almost want to do like a really hard pivot and make it like a like weird horror romantic comedy because it, the end of the book puts Lisa in a very interesting position mm -hmm. of what her life is potentially going to be like moving forward if what happens at the end actually happens is it in her head who knows we know we don't know that but like she's got a very interesting life setup moving forward yeah. <laughs> like, and I think you have a lot to play with there in a way that like you said you're, you're exploring PTSD but in her sense you're getting that aspect of surviving this horrific event but also something that is life altering like in in her own life that will stay with her like literally will stay with yeah. <laughs> her for as long as she is alive you know so you have this very interesting way you can play with it and you can focus on doing something that respects like that survivorship element of it but also like have fun with it because in it is a very absurd concept <laughs> which is kind of what the vibe of the first book you know what we wanted to do with eat my flesh drink my blood was was try and balance that like serious relationship issues serious crisis of faith serious community and family kind of themes but then also like respect the fact that we are still doing a grindhouse sort of like you know the premise is so over the top you gotta like fucking lean into it and have some fun <laughs> yeah well and i, I always i was raised catholic right and i'm definitely not catholic anymore but like i love religion like i mean you know, creepy shit goes down in church yep sold like you know like um uh what is it? midnight mass like a, a lot of people kind of say what you will about it like i still enjoyed it uh I really you know it, 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 i i do like it, i never noticed it till someone mentioned it that it was just like it was just a stream of monologues and then i was oh, like oh yeah. shit it really is mm -hmm. <laughs> but you know like, like i still it, dug it off his chest <laughs> yeah <laughs> But I also like that, you know, I like, I'm a sucker for good dialogue, you know, right. if, if, it's, if it's, yeah, if it's a shit monologue and you're not interested or like emotionally struck, then yeah, but like, that was that series was very uh, very emotional and mm -hmm. and and simultaneously like grotesque and creepy uh and i you're good at that you are you're good at at, at throwing in a lot of emotion in places you wouldn't find it like even with like starless daydream like in in the in the dead of space like there's mm -hmm. a lot of there's a lot of heart and feelings there uh 20 fists of course there's there's a, that's a whole seriously like you want to talk about like uh abusive relationships like holy shit man but also like i love that too because you you played this game you're and i feel like i feel like this is kind of your vibe too and and i and that's why i like your stuff because it you play this game with your audience where like you attach us to these characters and then like, you know, we kind of like want good stuff to happen. And then we also get kind of like thirsty for the bad shit to happen. And it's, you like, you like pull, you like rip my bean in, in twine. Right. And I'm like, I don't know how to feel. And it gets really intense, you know, like in 20 fists, I was like, man, I, I kind of want them to like work it out. And then, and then when she gives her the jacket, I'm like, fuck that. That's no, like, you can't just, you can't just take her away from the, from the crew. Like, you know, like, 
<laughs> so yeah, I think that, that's I, like I'm so my, good at that. That's my bread and butter. I love. I mean, my big thing with, with with any sort of like reading or watching TV or movies, like as a viewer, my favorite thing is character work and vibes. Like, I'm not a big like plot find whatever. Like, but like I love movies where I could just like sit there and zone out and just like be in like the vibe. So I like I love Refn movies. Like I love Drive. I love Only God Forgives, Neon Demon. I love a lot of his stuff. Like I love movies where you just get sucked into the world that they've built. And the story is sort of second to like character beats basically. And so mm-hmm. like doing that is kind of like my bread and butter. That's how Broken Bear is. That's like you said, how Starless Daydream is. They're all structured around one character and usually within a very brief period of time too for, for everything I've done. Most of it is like within like a night or a weekend or, you know, something like that where it's a short, like you are essentially like, I just like pick you up and I throw you into a world and you're like, here's one night, get used to it. It's going to probably suck <laughs> a little bit. Like, <laughs> and getting to know those characters and seeing how much you can squeeze out of, you know, that short period of time because frankly making comics is very expensive and so you as a indie creator who is working with very little budget you have to make the most of like the page count so a lot of it is very i can't i'd love to do my big long super epic story you know and everything like that but you know without having the funds for that you got to kind of work with what you have so having those compressed storylines where it's mostly focused on characters and instead of doing like an epic character arc most of the characters are in my sense like of these stories they're mostly fully formed already like they're not going to start like they're not going to start as someone a and then end as person b they're already pretty developed as a person and they usually are presented with like one decision in the story so like in 25th shell shell has an easy sort of decision to make do you want to be in a relationship with someone like billy or not you know or do you want to do things for yourself you know uh eat my flesh drink my blood lisa's is a real it's a really simple it's do you want to take this leap with someone are you ready to be committed for you know for life are you ready to get married basically it's a very simple decision lisa herself isn't going to change much in that story because she's already a fully grown person she's not you know she's not going to radically change in some way like that but it's putting them in that situation and letting your reader get used to somebody and then instead of having them go through an epic sort of character change you instead put them in a meat grinder <laughs> and like that's where the emotional attachment and everything the emotional work comes in <laughs> and and i see that but she lisa in, in eat my flesh drink my blood is she still had an arc though because yeah. there there's that doubt initially right where just or and, and everybody goes through that like in in almost any level of relationship it, it can be new or it could be a while but like oh i gotta meet the parents right mm-hmm. and and you never know how that's gonna go and that i love that universality that you play with here because everybody knows what that is right you're, you're mm-hmm. like ooh, like whether it's the family or the friends or the siblings like there's that trepidation, right? And it's like, ooh, I'm kind of, I'm kind of nervous. You know, I, I meet, I, I want these people to like me because I want this person to love me. And if like her whole family and social circle thinks I'm a piece of shit, it's not going to end well, right? And mm-hmm. and she goes through that, you know. She's like, ooh, do I go with him? Or you know, like I want to go with him, but I don't want to go with him. And that was, I thought that was so strong. And and you know, earlier when you mentioned that you had to cut some pages, like those moments, those real human moments that that lead up to the horror right mm-hmm. that make us get attached to these characters and and want them to want good things to happen to them um you know like i said like that didn't feel rushed it was real natural it, it like you know it was, it was a very organic experience of getting to know that couple uh and, and and you know 
watching them go through this horrific experience. But yeah, like I just, I mean, that's just a sign of, of you just being, you know, a fucking good writer. I, I know you have a, a wonderful creative team and these guys you, you work with before and you're, you're mm-hmm. comfortable with them. And I, I think that too is why uh, eat my flesh, uh, drink, drink my blood uh, works so well. Uh, Cause I don't, I haven't seen anybody, everybody who reads it loves it. I haven't seen anybody be like, I paid this money for this fucking 48 pages of shit. Like no one said, you know, no one's it's like, a, no one's a, dogged on you. I'm going to be honest. It's like the first book I've released so far that most people have been fairly, po- I, I'm sort of a masochist. I love to go on Goodreads and see if anybody writes like, <laughs> in my comics, which is always a fucking like 25th got fucking dog that got ragged on big time uh starless daydream has its haters too like broken bear is kind of middle of the road i think that one works a lot you know really well as a fantasy book so there's not a lot to get really upset about but a lot of my stuff gets dogged because i play with some questionable subject matter and character beats and stuff so wow I was very happy that Eat My Flesh well, Drink My them, all, by the way. All books. I mean, whatever. Like, everyone's got their own tastes. Like, that's fine. Yeah. Like, it doesn't bother me none because I fucking hate shit, too. <laughs> you know, like, there's kind of stuff I just don't like, it and that's fine. Like, whatever. It's not a big deal. But, like, I am surprised that of all the things, like, the one I was like, man, this is probably going to be pretty divisive considering half of the book is literally nude and gory. Like, you'd think there would be some people who are like, this is garbage. But everyone's been very nice about this. <laughs> I did I – I did notice that it's it's kind of funny like all of the men are like every, there's so many girthy flaccid cocks just like there's no, there's no, everybody's like everybody's well endowed ready mm-hmm. to party just like, everybody's got these i'm like you know, I, I thought that was weird and i'm reading it and i'm like man like man these guys these guys are hanging some meat like there's like this there's, there's some fruit hanging from these from I, these cultish trees when we were first developing it all and, and talk i was talking with adam about saying how like the back half it's like i want it to i want everyone to be naked and i want us to sh- like if you know as if we're shooting the camera right i want to shoot it like if they were all wearing clothes right so we're not doing like pervy shots or anything intentionally but we're not also just shooting above the waist we're not just shooting you know and i was like and i want the guys to fucking hang dong because we never get to see that like in anything like hardly ever is that like something you get to see so i was like like let's just fucking go go all out everyone's got fucking big dicks like everybody's like, everyone's just hanging around and there's even a shot uh i put it in the script there's one shot where they we do a close-up of like lisa's face and there's a guy standing right next to her and his dick's just fucking sitting there and she makes a comment about it and if anybody's seen walk hard the dewey cox story that is a direct <laughs> a direct reference to that movie because there's a, there's a it's, it's literally like a shot for shot like i was like i want that shot there's a dude standing there his dick's right in the frame like <laughs> i want that <laughs> and i i know exactly what you're talking about and that literally like in a moment where you don't expect to laugh right i was like <laughs> that like made me literally laugh i i hate saying like lol because there's so many times where like i find something humorous but like i'll i'll respond to a text like lol ha 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 and i'm just like sitting there like mm. you know and, but i was like <laughs> laughing on the inside i guess but that I literally was like 
very like uncomfortable and i was just like <laughs> i was like it reminded me when i went and saw the joker movie mm-hmm. uh there was some parts that i went and saw it i used to go see all those movies at like midnight the night mm-hmm. before the official release and so there's like a handful of people in this theater and there were some moments that were like so awkward i didn't know what to do but laugh and, <laughs> and, and like i'm the only dude in the theater that like la- i was like oh <laughs> and people like turned and looked at me and i was like oh, i'm sorry like, <laughs> i'm really not fucking demented i just don't know how else to experience this i'm the same way i'm the same way i love laughing at stuff like that like like i would say one of my favorite theatrical moments ever seen in a movie was when i saw tusk by kevin smith in theaters yeah and that shot of when they show mr tusk for the first time I was literally like stamping my feet because I didn't know how to react. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like laughing like a maniac, like, cause it was insane. I still remember the end of that movie, like that look that he gives you at the end. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's, the, that's the end of the movie. And that's how it leaves you. And it's just like, wow, I'm, I'm empty inside now. I have nothing left. Like, it's a great movie. I, I'll never understand people that shit on it, but, yeah. but again, goes to speak Pe- to people, people like go after him people. a lot. Like he's, I, I always think of him as like a kind of a champion of, of like, you know, cinema and, and comics and, and nerdiness and like, mm-hmm. and, and he, uh, he found success, but he also, he worked really hard for that success oh, yeah. too. It's not like, it's not like he had like rich parents that gave him money to make his movie and oh. stuff, you know, like he, he hustled and he tried and he found this like niche of Hollywood that accepted him and loved him. And yeah, like I, I adore Kevin Smith and, and the stuff That's he makes. Amazing. I love the uh, red state. I thought red state was amazing. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, cause the, the rapture dude, like, come mm-hmm. give me a break, man. Like, Michael that was awesome. Parks, that actor, man. R.I.P. He was great. He's great. Yeah. In Red State. He's great in Tusk. Yeah. I, but Kevin Smith, you're right. I mean, it, that's like the dream is to find your niche and find like the people that vibe with what you're doing and get what you are trying to accomplish and roll with it. And like, yeah, you're not always going to have win after win after win. Like some shit's just going to flop. That's how it is. But like the fact that yeah. he's able to keep doing this for what, 30, 40 years, Clerks came out in what, like 93 or something like that. No, yeah. And they're about to do a new one again. Like- new Clerks 3 and like the fact that that's even a thing i mean it's crazy like and it just goes to speak to like the power of the do-it-yourself mentality that putting in the work and finding like the audience that will like vibe with what you're doing and you know if you can get that you're golden that's that's like my dream that's what i want yeah <laughs> I don't need to be i don't need to be like you said writing for dc like i well that'd be great i'd love to write two-face someday dc hit me up but <laughs> but like I, if i can keep making my own comics and i find like a, a niche of people that buy it and i can make some money off of it you know and i can keep doing it then i'm fucking happy i'm gold yeah no i yeah that, i think that would be amazing uh i now you you have a, a deep love of cinema that we've kind of you know touched on and you you love horror movies and like you know i i, I know that comic scripting is different than than you know traditional like movie scripting or mm-hmm. or like sitcom or, or or like series scripting but they're they're kind of in the same blood in the same format and sometimes easily translatable sometimes not but like i mean is, would that ever be something like on on the table for you like like if someone was like, dude, I want to make eat my flesh, drink my blood a movie. Would or like, I mean, like, or have you ever have you ever tried to like venture into like short indie film or any, like is that ever something on your mind in, in the horror scene? Uh, I mean, I took one scripting class when I was in high school. It was a summer school class, <laughs> and and since then I have not. So like my actual skill as a screenwriter, as a scripter, like in like in a technical sense, is like nil. It's it's basically mm. zero. 
However, if somebody wanted to make Eat My Flesh, Drink My Blood into a movie, you damn well bet I'd want to fucking do the script for it because, like, I want to write it. Like, it's my, you know, it's my story. And I want to be, if I do a movie of it, I want to be able to expand it and put more yeah. stuff into it. So, like, I would definitely want to do that. I mean, I don't know. As a writer, it's just fun to write. So whether mm. it's a screenplay or poetry or, you know, tr- trying to write a novel, which is a fucking nightmare. I've tried to do that in the past. Yeah. Doing that. That's too much writing. It's so much. <laughs> So much writing. And then, and then when you finish, like, so I, I wrote a novel when I was 20, like t- between 22 and 23. And like, I remember like the first 50 pages happened in like a couple nights. Mm-hmm. And then like, and then after that, it took, it took a little longer. And then like, I, I vanished right from like my group of friends. And this is when I, I was like getting ready to like go to Abilene university, get my BA in creative writing. Like I was signed up for the program and it was like the summer and I was like writing, I was like full of hope and ideas. And then like you do it. Right. And and that's part of the part, you know, like I wrote a 200 page novel. Yeah. It happened to be dog shit. And I tried to get it, you know, like I, I wrote like, you know, to, to, to literary agents and tried to get, you know, and like mm-hmm. people would be like, people would be like, Ooh, that's, I like this idea. Send me some pages. Then I would send them some pages and they were like, this isn't really what I thought. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> But it was like it was called secondhand sainthood and and like and that was like at the start of i was i was like yeah i'm gonna be this big writer and then like what sucks for me is i i, I know i can write uh now i don't have time because mm-hmm. i do all this stuff which i'm loving like i love being this like comic indie scene kid right mm-hmm. like, i'm 36 years old <laughs> but, you know like i'm like i'm like you know like i love it and and now like, you know, I'm doing like networking and stuff too. And, and people are like, Hey, and I'm like, mm-hmm. when do I fuck? I, I have a day job, you know, like when I, I, I worked, I worked an eight hour shift today and then, and then got off work for an hour and chilled. And, and now we're doing an interview and I, mm-hmm. and I have, you know, you're one of two interviews this week. I got a couple next week. I do, I do the live show now. And like, I got to edit these fucking podcasts sometimes. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's just like things add up. And, and that's, that's where I struggle is like trying to find like me time for storytelling and not just like you know to you know talking about comics or writing a review or something and and you're i mean you you you're you're in a relationship you guys aren't married yet are you are you married no, i'm married i've been married for six years oh you are you are married okay so like you so you've got a wife and you like have this life and and things outside of this world right and then so you have to like balance that with these creative endeavors that like you mentioned you have to pay these artists there's like funds have to be produced you know like you know does it ever get like hard to like to, to balance you know life and dreams and goals or i mean <laughs> short answer yeah. i mean i think every every creator and you see i mean you see it on fucking twitter all the time especially in the comic scene we are all dealing with like that imposter syndrome and that just like I feel like anytime I finish a project, I'm hit with a wave of just like, man, what am I doing? Like, what, like, and then like, hit, like, just hit Amber Door and it's a successful Kickstarter. And I'm just like, what am I doing? Like, what is, like, what is this all for? What am I trying to get? And, but then it's part of it is just like, you got to get that fucking dopamine hit of writing yeah. again and getting the next project out. And, you know, that's really what it's about. So like struggling, I mean, my biggest problem is that like, I like writing and I love making comics. I, I love making comics specifically because I love writing dialogue. I love doing character, like I said, I like doing character work. So like writing a novel for me was like torture because I got to write so many paragraphs of scene mm-hmm. description and I don't want to do that. <laughs> like I just <laughs> don't want to. 
So like, that's why I love working with like artists and like Adam, I need my flesh, my blood, broken bear or the new project we're coming up with uh, who killed Sarah Shaw. Like he's really good at, at like doing scene stuff. So like I can put like a gymnasium, you know, like, and also yeah. maybe like a photo or something of like what, you know, an idea and he's able to run with it. And he, I mean, cause he himself is like an expert, you know, craftsman and an art, you know, an artist, he knows, you know, what he wants visually as well. I don't have to like lean into it and be like, it was a January day. Snow fell from the sky. Like, you know, and go really <laughs> super descriptive. And like, you know, you see Alan Moore's scripts and they're like fucking, yeah. it's basically like, I don't have to do that because I'm working with people that also have their own creative input that they want to do. So like, that is the dream for me. But then balancing that with the fact that like, also, I don't want to write all the time. I don't want to be like, you know, I work a day job, so I don't want to be working all day and then be done. And then like, well, got to go do my other job, which is writing, you know, like, yeah. I, like, I want to enjoy writing. And that's probably the difference between like me and like, you'll see like the, people, the writers who are getting bigger or like jumping up faster because their drive is way fucking higher than mine. Like they want, yeah. that, they want to do that. And I am not, I like to write for fun. I want to enjoy the story. I put out and everything comes to me naturally. And part of that process I've shifted. I don't write on my laptop anymore. I don't write on my desktop. I write on my phone. I have Google docs on my phone. And so that no way shit. I, I thought you were about to say you handwrite. I was like, so okay, I, can I can write whenever I want. Like, so like, you know, I'll just be sitting there watching a movie and boom, pause the movie and idea pops in my head. And I'll be like, all right, we're going to add this script like page in and I can just do it then and there. And so it's more like a free form. It's just, instead of like carving out specific amounts of time, it's more just like when the inspiration strikes, I'm ready to fucking get it, you know? And then that could be like today I hadn't written a couple pages in a while. And then today I wrote like three pages. Like, you know, yeah. I wrote like, you know, one day, some days it's one page, some days, you know, maybe I'm lucky and it's like 10 pages and that's like a really good day. And then you have to make sure you go back and you have to edit the shit out of it. Cause if you do yeah. 10 pages in a day, it's <laughs> shit. But, but like you go back and you do that. And some days it's like a page and then you read the page, you know, when you go back to edit and it's fucking terrible. And my scripting process typically works like I'll write, like, say, for example, I'm starting a brand new script and I'll write like I, I tend to do like a, a scene at a time if I can. So I can stay in the headspace of where the scene is at and I'll do the scene and I'll write it and then I'll be done. And then maybe I don't write again for a week or two. And then when I go back, I have to reread what I wrote last because I don't even remember where I'm fucking at or anything. And then as I'm, <laughs> and as I'm reading it, I'm like, oh, I got to edit this. I got it. And then I start editing it. So like a lot of times I don't even get to the next fucking scene until like several because I'm going back and I'm like, oh, I got to edit this. I got to And I just keep editing like the same shit over and over again as I go through the script. So I don't know. Part of it is just like balancing all of that work with your real life with also like not wanting to write wanting to go out wanting to go to the movies spending time with my wife with my friends like i've been trying to take like my dogs out on more walks like just like giving you know spending more time with them too like and balancing it all and a lot of times for me like i don't know it's probably not a good thing to say as a writer but for me it falls by the wayside like it's not my number one priority like i'm happy with the pace i work at which is basically one single book at a time and yeah. I'm not, I'm never going to be a writer. Like you see some of those prolific writers and they got like three books out, like, you know, at the same time, or, you know, they're working like two DC books, one image book, you know, or they're, yeah. running, they're running like Kickstarter after Kickstarter after Kickstarter. And that won't ever be me. Like, I know for a fact, like I just, A, I don't want to do it. Even if it was my full-time job, I don't want to, like, I don't want to ever have writing be a job. I like, even if I love writing, like, I don't know, it just doesn't work like that for my brain. I could sit down, do the Stephen King method, you know, where you, he says, sit down, write 5,000 words, no matter what, just do it. 
Nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> I mean, hey, man, whatever, whatever works. Like, right. it, you know, I, I would not want your, I don't want your vibe or your voice to change. You know, in the, in, you know, in the narrative, like, because I, I, you have a very powerful voice and and a good way of storytelling, which it would part of me like once more from you, right? Like, I like, I wish, I wish, like there was like a Frankie Reed like every month or every other month or so, you know, but like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but I, I like that. I I like that. I like that you know your limits and, and like, and you respect that and respect yourself enough to like, keep that there. Cause I I think a lot of, I think a lot of people don't have that man. Like whether it's creative endeavors or or whatever, you know, like if if it's a, if it's a day job or like, you know, a lot of us like, aren't that special, you know, and and we are kind of slaves to these things of our lives. And and so it's like, sometimes when people tell us to do things, we're just like, okay, like, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's like Mm -hmm. a lot of us don't have that ability to, to like, you know, structure our lives like that and say, no, I can do this much. And that's what I'm going to do. And, and and I mean, yeah, man, if that's, if if that's what keeps your, your powerful storytelling mechanics, you know, working, then, then yeah, like keep it. Like, you know, I, I, I do, I, I could see like people picking you up because I do think, I do think you have a really good knack for dialogue. Uh, it's it's very strong and it's so re- it's so fucking real, dude. Like you just get being a human, which is a weird thing to say because you think we would all get being a human, right? But some of us don't. Like I I remember being in like workshops in grad school and stuff, and it's just like you would like read these stories, and I would ask like my classmates, I was like, "Did you read this out loud? Like, did have you like?" ever just like sat in a public place and listened to people talk to each other. Cause like people don't talk to each yeah. other like this, you know? And, and you, you get that you have this like very natural humanness um, to your, to th- that gets juxtaposed with the outlandishness mm-hmm. simultaneously. And so I just, I just think that's wildly cool. And yeah, whatever keeps you on that wavelength, man, like, you know, walk, walk the dogs, <laughs> you know, make, make the wife happy, spend time with the family, hang out with grandma, like keep doing that shit, man. Cause like, you know, I I'll wait. Right. Uh, if, if I have to wait between to between Frankie White projects, that's fine. As that's, long as that quality like stays there, like I'm cool with it. That's what's going to I mean, that's what's going to happen now. I mean, we're so like Amber Door, we just did the Kickstarter and that, you know, I'm really excited about that. I'm waiting for the books from the printer. And when I get those shipped out, hopefully get a bunch of people reading that. I don't know. I'm not like when I'm back on Kickstarter and I do like a digital copy or something like that. I never fucking read it. I always do. Like, yeah. I need the physical copy in the mail. Otherwise, I don't read it. So like, I'm sure like that's what's happening right now with it. Like, you know, getting those people, I need to get those books out. Like as soon as they ship in, I have to ship them out. And then after that, me and Adam are working on our our new project who killed Sarah Shaw. And that's going to be long and we're doing it through Adam's Patreon page. And so like, that's going to be like the Frankie white and Adam Markiewicz project for like the foreseeable future. Like, unless if, you know, somebody walks in and just fucking backs up the dump truck, you know, money, <laughs> it's just like, Hey, like we really want you on here, you know, or something like that. Like that's going to be the big project for a really long time. Cause that's going to be, that's gonna be our longest work by far. So like, I hope people join on that. I hope people jump on his Patreon cause it's only going to be like a dollar to get access to yeah. it. Per month. So like, it'll be fun. It's a murder mystery. Hopefully people read along and have their own fucking theories and bullshit, but that's going to be the project for a really long time. 
time now, so we'll see how that goes. That's cool. Yeah, I I didn't know that's how you were going to release it, but I, I will definitely. Uh, I'll. I'm only subscribed to one Patreon right now. I was I was subscribed to two. There's a local podcast. Uh, shout out to First Issue Club, uh, and they're they live in Kansas. They're they're like a Kansas City like another another uh, comic book podcast, and uh, they helped me out with you know like when I started, and like mm-hmm. I would ask them questions and stuff, and they're just good people, and so I was I was subscribed to their Patreon. They're taking a break from Patreon, which seems crazy to me because I was like, man, if people were fucking paying me to podcast, I would have a whole different outlook on podcasting. I'd be like, yeah, we'll do some bonus episodes. And that's that's probably me, too, with comics. Like, I say all what I'm saying because I'm not getting paid for the most part. (laughs) Like, if someone was paying me, I'd probably be like, fuck, I got to do this. Like, (laughs) (laughs) But that's cool. That's uh, because I've seen the... Well, you you showed some pages on Twitter. You sent me a, a little sneak preview. Mm-hmm. I think I think it looks really cool. I'm I'm excited for it. Uh, and and I, who doesn't love like a good murder mystery, right? Like it's I love that. I love I love getting teased and misled, and like I love where like a, a narrative makes me think something's happening. And I like I'll I'll be like, ooh, I know, I know, and then I'm like. And then it, it can go either way. Either I'm right and feel really cool about it or I'm wrong and I'm totally like sideswiped, right? And I'm like, mm-hmm. fuck, that's crazy. So yeah, I'm I'm really stoked for who killed Sarah Shaw. I, I think that's going to be awesome. Uh, and then, yeah, like if it's if it's a dollar, three dollars, whatever. I mean, charge three, man. Fuck them. Like get that. No, it's, 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 <laughs> it's going to be a dollar a month. The whole the whole point is we want to it's because we're going to make it no matter what. But we want to get some like money in the door, like as we're making it. Yeah. Obviously. And we want to keep it as low as possible just to get people in because it's I mean, it's hard to get people on a Patreon, period. Like, yeah, even with, you know, like we got people that, you know, like I, you know, that like my writing, thankfully, and like Adam's art work a lot but it's like even that you know it's hard to ask someone for a monthly you know thing and if it were up to me like a lot of times like i would just give it away for free but this is one of those things where it's like want to get some money in the door adam is being very gracious and working pro bono with me and we're you know i'm working pro bono so the only money coming in for it is through the patreon page and so we're doing just it's one dollar we're gonna uh, we're gonna launch with those first five pages that i sent you and then after that it's just a weekly page update until the story's over it's wow. gonna be long so it's like you're gonna get a lot of work <laughs> like out of it for that one dollar a month and then he also has a five dollar up i'm gonna pitch adam's patreon real quick he's gonna have a five dollar <laughs> not safe for work one and if anyone's followed adam's patreon and seen his not safe for work stuff it is chef's kiss very good <laughs> <laughs> So uh, how do so you you've got you've got this the the this team of people that you work with regularly you know that that you're continuing to work with right but like you know I'm I'm looking at uh, your last two big releases right and and we did this really gorgeous hardcover variant from Skylar uh, who's who's everybody's everybody wants Skylar like if, if I don't even know if she's doing interiors right now like she's doing a lot of she's done a lot of cover work and some anthology interiors stuff. for DC right now so she's oh she did she does she has yeah. that new uh, Wonder Woman the a, yeah. after the trial I forgot about that yeah so, so yeah so she's <laughs> so she's doing DC work and then one of my favorite cover artists Maria Wolf did a variant for um, for Amber uh, Door yeah. and like how do you like is it just like 
I'm, did, did, did you meet them like or how did you like stumble across them and just like hit them up and be like how much for a cover or like i i get that that part of like you did you just wildly luck out because I yeah mean- <laughs> i would like to think that it's i wildly lucked i mean because a lot of it is just like you know you i spent a lot of fucking time on twitter probably way too much time to be honest but like so you're on twitter all the time i you know i love to follow all these artists that i love because i love seeing their work and you know you just get to talking to them over time the longer you're working they see some of your work you say hey i want to share this with you if you want to check it out stuff like that and you know it just works out that you know skylar was free to do the the eat my flesh drink my blood cover and you know was was on board with it i you know i sent her the script so she was doing the cover before even like any of the interiors were done or anything like that oh wow and then like for for maria wolf like getting her on board that was for the cover she did was originally actually it was like a pitch cover because one of the shorts in the amber door was a pitch that we pitched to, to oh. skyline it didn't, it didn't get picked up but um so that was the one with uh with bailey ice ghost on twitter um so like i was like hey like we got this you know we're doing this four page pitch like can i send this to you like if you're free like and you have you know and a lot of times i wait you know so every once in a while these artists will post like a thing that says like i'm free i got a gap and that's yeah. why like, boom and i like slam <laughs> like hey hold on come over here come over here. <laughs> like, like let me show you this if you think it's cool and like we can work out a rate that's you know that's fair to, to both of us like you know like i'd love to work with because I mean, I'm very lucky that I keep getting to work with very, very talented people like and they make my work way, way better. Like Adam and AHG's work makes Eat My Flesh and Broken Bear so much better than like if it was just the script. You know, everybody that I worked with on Starless Daydream added so much to it than like what if you saw my disjointed manuscript that was literally like. (laughs) <laughs> like they make it so much better than it actually is and getting the opportunity to work with all these super talented people who for at least one brief moment in their career like see what i'm doing and they go like yeah that's cool like i want to be involved in that like that's i don't know it's fucking sweet yeah i bet i bet man i i remember the, the way i found out about you was through through starless daydream i saw someone post it they got like the the kickstarter the, the crowdfunded hardcover right mm-hmm. and and i was like you know I, i'm a uh, like i love horror and i love creepy shit and weird shit but like mechs and if mechs fight monsters ooh, but like just like i'm a, i grew up with gundam and like mm-hmm. i just i love mecha stuff man and so when when i saw this like this like sort of manga sort of western like anthology mixture of like you know mechs and lost in space kind of and i was like what the fuck is this right i was like i got and then and i think i I was like replying to somebody and you popped in and you were like oh like you can buy it from the store and i was like fuck yeah here we go (laughs) and then like i read that and it, it like blew me away and then and then like I wrote a review for Dauntless and then found mm-hmm. out they were re-releasing it. I bought it again. I have both versions of your comic. Like that both those covers. <laughs> I love both those covers. Yeah, they're both really good. <laughs> but I love the the like tiny little hardcover and it's like a very it's yeah. a very cool package and uh, and it, it wasn't anything like I was expecting, right? Like I was thinking like mech fights and like, you know, like, but it, you really did like, uh, you really did latch on to like the magic of Gundam where like Gundam is very much, it's melodrama. Like, yeah, yeah there's, there's these, there's these pilots of these mechs and a lot of them are like, you know, kids. And I love, I love that too. Like throwing kids into war and yes. like, like what neon Genesis did and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Like, um, but, but yeah, like you, you really latched on to this, like there's so much 
much emotion in it. And it's it's very again, like and I said, I know I said this before, but like you're so good at putting emotion into your stories. And I think your art teams are able to latch onto that and and make their pages better and more impactful. And it's just like there's a very full experience, like in a in a Frankie White comic that I don't think we get ev- everywhere. You know, like it's like it's like we feel love and we feel afraid and we feel alone and we feel confused and and we think about like what would I do next? Uh, what what would I do in this situation? And, and, and it's never the same as what your characters do. Right. And, and it's like, it's like, well, shit, like I would have just died. <laughs> you know, like I would have yeah. been like, I would have been like, I can't get this knot untied, man. I don't know what to do. <laughs> and I would just fucking died. Like I, I would, I would never survive like a horror movie or zombie apocalypse, man. Like I, I, I don't I have either. faith in myself. Like, I wouldn't be either. the survivalist. <laughs> I would not. No, I would die. I would, I would die immediately. I, I'm the person that whenever you're watching a horror movie and they go into the fucking room and everyone's yelling, like, don't go in there. Don't go in there. That would be me walking in there. Cause I'm like, Oh, I heard a noise in there. Better go check that out. I'm not going to turn any lights on. I'll just use my phone. And then I get fucking stabbed in the eye or something. Yeah. That, that's the, the, the iconic scream scene of like, I'll be, be right back like, yeah exactly exactly <laughs> that's awesome so um so we we've mentioned we, we talked before in the, in the in the green room before we kind of went live like we're, we're both big horror fans um i'm i i've recently in the last year like got more into fantasy i like the movie fantasy like lord of the rings like i, I love the conan movie i love fucking arnold with the sword man like just give me more of that i i sometimes wish arnold would do another like old king oh, conan movie yeah. dude that would be so sick what else is he fucking doing man like <laughs> politics suck get out of there do another goddamn movie but um you know but you've kind of you you're th- that seems like another comfort spot for you is is fantasy um yeah as a writer yes as a viewer i i'm kind of picky about it like i love like yeah. lord of the rings i i love game of thrones yeah, I'll, I'll i'll fight to the death about game of thrones <laughs> like like all game of all thrones of or just I, like most of it all of it I, oh I man even with that truncated last two seasons i think there's still a lot of really cool story things going on in there and character stuff that i think people kind of gloss over because they're mad that it was so short and it's like i get that but like yeah but like for the for the most part though i'm really picky about like the fantasy that i watch or that i read but i love swords and sorcery stuff so like i'm okay and comfortable playing in those worlds and just sort of making it up as i go but as like a reader or like a a viewer it's kind of like very few and far between that i find like a fantasy series or something that i'm like this is this is like my shit like recently it's elden ring everything's elden ring that's the yeah. only fantasy thing i'm like into. yeah d- didn't you like platinum that like a yeah. week after it came out or some yeah. shit no not that early <laughs> it, took, it took me a while to, to get through that first playthrough because it, it is fucking hard and i sympathize with everyone that gets mad and wants to quit because i'm like that with every other from soft game but something <laughs> about that game like sunk its teeth into me and like the way they do their storytelling and lore building and everything in that is like fascinating and i can't quit it like i just started another playthrough of it like just in my free time like anytime i have time i just pop my xbox on and hop in but yeah so for the most part were you doing your kickstarter then because i kind of remember i remember like i was like i was like he might be posting more about elden ring 
than his fucking live Kickstarter. I was yeah. like, I was yeah. like, very intriguing strategy, sir. <laughs> well, well, so my my the Kickstarter for Amber Door was kind of like a, 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 a trial run sort of thing. Like I, okay. a lot of those shorts were already made. I had we had done them in advance for different things, and I had them sitting around. And I was like, this is like a all these fantasy shorts kind of vibe together. They all fit and feel like they're part of like a collection. Like they could all exist in the same world or universe. So I was like, I'm going to just put these together and package it as like a little mini anthology do a one issue thing. And then when I work on shorts throughout the year or whatever, and then we get another one, we'll do another one, you know, and just kind of have it as some sort of ongoing little mini anthology series. But like, while I was doing that, I was like, I don't want to do a 30 day Kickstarter again. I, yeah, you did, you did a short one. It was, uh, I think it was seven days. If I remember correctly, it was seven or 14 days. It wasn't fucking insane. It was really short. It was really short because it was a, I, it was a really low goal. Most of my Kickstarters typically are just pay for printing. I usually pay out of pocket to pay the team that's making it and everything like that. And then I go to Kickstarter and, and that's why it's usually like when I come to Kickstarter, it's like you're pre-ordering the book, basically. Like it's yeah. done. Your funds are basically just going straight to me to pay the printer and pay for shipping. And then you get the book, you know. So the book's not just a bonus with you. I don't know. If, I don't know if you've seen that fucking dick shit going around right now. Where that, <laughs> no, what is that? that uh, the uh, the, the uh, Ethan, Ethan Van Skyver said no. that uh, and people were bitching about like his book still hasn't come out yet. And he said, he said, look, when you're when you're back in Kickstarter, you're paying to be a producer. The book is a bonus. No, that's not no, what no. you're paying for. No, it's literally <laughs> the exact opposite. Yeah, I was like, that's exactly what I'm paying for. Yeah, like, you're 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 paying for a product. I Kickstarter has some really nice language in their fucking thing, basically saying like you're paying for dreams. You know, like you're you're helping somebody <laughs> make their dream a reality. And yes, that is true. But you are still a consumer. You are still yeah. backing something with the expectation that you will get your book when they say they're going to deliver it and so like that for me is important because like everyone's giving me money i gotta give them something and usually i don't i also like that's why i pay in advance is i don't want to do like a 30-day kickstarter and then have it fall flat like you know yeah. or i hate when i see like someone's got a really good idea and they do like a 30-day kickstarter and it's for you know let's say it's for like 15k or something and then they make like 13k but they don't get the final 2k and then it's a it's a failed kickstarter that was $13,000 that people wanted to give yeah. you for your story. Like, and I get that, like you still need to figure out where you're getting that extra 2k from to cover the costs that you would not get, you know, from it. But like it, that is such a kick in the balls. Like, <laughs> it's like, you know, I, I want to be able to like get my book out as easy as possible. And I am lucky enough to have a day job that will help me kind of like cover my own costs, you know, and help pay the team so that I can go in with a low goal and that way I know for a fact I'm probably going to hit it. You know, yeah. like I don't, I want to make a book to give people, you know, and so I got to do my, my, the work on my end to get it done because Kickstarter doing crowdfunding stuff, it's brutal. It's, yeah. it's very hard to do. And even with, you know, having the following that I have, like, it's still hard to do. Like, and especially this year, I don't know if you've noticed, but like, I feel like Kickstarters and now with Crowdfunder and Zoop and it's all too much, things, dude. It's too it, much. It's, it, the market's getting saturated and it's hard for people to even keep up. Like even on Kickstarter, I'm seeing like 
projects that probably would have funded at the beginning of the pandemic, they're not funding now. They're yeah. not getting to that, you know, or they're funding, but they're not funding as quickly as they. Yeah, are. they're ta- like, they're taking a while. There's like that the the the, the medium the the middle lulls are, are well, longer and more terrifying. What, well, dude? Even me, like people that have been on my show that I've backed previous stuff, you know, and it's like. And, and I want to support these people that like, I, I, I literally believe in, like mm-hmm. I've talked to them and gotten to know them and stuff. And like, I'm like, all you guys just put out a fucking book in a month, you know? And, and I'm like, I don't mind paying that Kickstarter premium. Right. Um, but like, it, it really starts to add up, man. And it, and then, and it sucks when you're like trying to think of like, Oh, like, you know, Oh, like, uh, Frankie and fell and Jared Luhan and like mm-hmm. all, the, like all these like friends of the show like have books mm-hmm. out if i don't back them i'm gonna be that piece of shit mm-hmm. right was, you know and like and and like you mentioned earlier like i do back stuff digitally sometimes but you know typically the only time i read my digital backs is because i don't see them they're not piling up i don't pay attention right. to them is when like oh you're gonna you want to come back on my show for issue two i guess yeah. i gotta read issue one good thing you i have that so some, but, you know, like yeah so it's you know like that's that's my problem and you know and, and i I don't mind. Did I have a nice tablet? I have a 12 and a half inch tablet. So it it resembles a page of a comic, Mm -hmm. you know, technically. And, uh, the colors pop. I, I, sometimes when I'm like reading stuff that gets sent to me and then I go grab a book that I'm reading to take a break and everything feels real muted. Right. Cause it doesn't have that like backlit power. Uh, so then you (laughs) read this on fucking paper. I know. I'm like, what is this shit? Uh, no, but it, you know, like it's so there, you know, I don't mind digital. It's just, but yeah, it it gets, um, it it gets kind of put in the, in the put in hindsight and you don't, like I said, like I got books piled up all over me. I'm approaching hoarder territory. Like if anyone ever like had to come into my house and like find me, they'd be like, "What the fuck?" Like you know, like there's just you know, there's it's not trash. Under but, a pile of his comics, yeah, his yeah. unread comics. You will find me dead under like thousands of dollars worth of Marvel omnibuses that like I keep buying, even though I don't have time to read these motherfuckers. And, but you know, but like that's, I, that's, that's the issue, and that's the thing with the Kickstarters is, and like you're saying, you got the friends of the show and. And I've got, you know, a couple of like groups that I'm in, you know, on Twitter that like a lot of mutual creators and, and we joke about it, but it really, a lot of times it feels like it's that meme where it's just the hands and they're passing around $20 to each other. Yeah. It's just all the creators like, Oh, it's my turn to back their comic. Cause they're <laughs> my comic. Like, and you just got to fucking do it until we all die. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's like what it is. Like that's funny. That Fellhound said the same thing when when I interviewed her. She, she was like, she was like, we all just pass around the same twenty dollars. I was like, okay, but there's like more than one twenty dollar bill going every now and then. Like when like five of you have a campaign, that's a hundred dollars now. Like that's not just like you one twenty dollar bill. You know, when you back them, when it's your turn, you're gonna get that hundred dollars from <laughs> yeah. five people. You know what I mean? Like so, like that's part of it. Is like and it's the rise. It's the rising. T- lifts all boats mentality it's that you know that communal aspect of comic making that helps all these indie people make fucking books because like as much as you need to have people outside of like the comics creator sphere back you like you need that right to to make it if you looked at a lot of indie comic makers myself included you'll see a lot of the same names it's a lot of the same people like because they're all 
we're all dream makers. We're all, we're all trying to make this fucking thing happen. <laughs> but I, and that's that's one of the things I love about it, the kicks the crowdfunding scene. You can't say I I'm I'm still learning. You can't just say Kickstarter now because there's all these other fucking outlets and which I think is good. Like there shouldn't be just one like crowdfunding entity. But you know, so like now you have to say you have to say crowdfunding kind of yeah. now. You can't just say Kickstarter. But like that's what I love about the crowdfunding scene is that it's not a competition uh everybody refers everybody's books and like everybody gets excited about it. we have like the cross promotions or like you mm-hmm. get if you back this you'll get this digital comic pack from these indie creators you know mm-hmm. like and the, the new kickstarter like the kickstarter updates now that like show me like five fucking comics that i can't live without and i'm like how do i pay for <laughs> all you're this just like, oh my god please stop. Yeah. <laughs> my wallet please <laughs> yeah man i i felt bad i had a I, I had a I had a digital comic backed and and uh, I I had to uh, be, I was broke I had to I, I had to cancel a couple pledges and like mm-hmm. I was like you know the, I'm not familiar with you and you know like I'll the, these people I am familiar so like I had to like cancel yeah, a, a couple pledges that. and and this this guy messaged me and I, I I he was cool about it but he was like hey Blake I'm kind of familiar with you and like um just kind of wondering what I did or I didn't do or like why did you cancel and I was like. I was like, oh, like, I, I kind of like clammed up. I was like, oh man, like, I was like, it's not you, it's me. I'm, I'm yeah. terrible with money and I'm poor. Like, I just had, like, I had to kind of pick and choose. And, and you were one of the couple I let go. And I was like, you're, con-. and I told him, I was like, the art is great. It looks so cool. I was like, dude, I'm, I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I just couldn't afford it right now. Cause it, that's the bad part about Kickstarters. Cause like you, these, like, you know, these, you have a month, right. And, mm-hmm. and, it, and, and you'll be like, Ooh, this, this, and this. And then like the 15th of the month rolls up and it's like paycheck day, but like, mm-hmm. Oh cool. Like I paid bills and like, dude, there's been a couple times where like my Kickstarter bill was like a fucking car payment. And I was like, <laughs> dude, you got to fucking chill, man. Yeah. I was like, I was like, you're not, you're not balling, Blake. It's Blake's buzz. It's not Blake's balling. All right. It's not, it's not Blake's fucking rolling in cash like like fucking Scrooge McDuck or whatever, man. Like it's you know, I got and and I forget because I get excited and I, I talk to you guys, and like I said, like I, I get excited about these projects, I believe in them, and I, I want these things to be made and I want to be able to help everybody, right? Yes. And but like I learned about my show, man. There's there was a uh, last last October, November in the fall, like there was some weeks where i was doing like three podcast episodes a week and i was freaking myself out scheduling interviews editing because i didn't i was scared to say no to anybody right they're like blake i want to come on your show and i was like i was like man if i the, when i first started i was like if i say no they may quit asking right yeah they and now, back, yeah, right? and now now i've learned i'm like look you'd like you know like i'll, sh- I'll shout you out like I'll, yeah <laughs> but yeah so it just it gets it gets crazy and and but it, again like it's it's exciting and and i loved i love doing this and i love you know, coming from like grad school when like they used to UMKC used to bring in like, you know, like my thesis advisor had a good review in the in the fucking New York Times. And like, uh, you know, like and I was like getting to talk to these like professional writers. But, dude, I, I do that like several times a week now. I get to talk to like people actively mm-hmm. writing in the scene, being actively published, like doing your thing. And it's like it just gets it's really exciting uh, to me. And, and again, like I, I get too excited and I want to be like, everybody take my money like I'm. I'm here for you all. <laughs> and then I'm like, oops, 
Oops, I, I overdid my bank account. I've made that mistake as well. And it's become a thing where now, and I've, I just have to unfortunately do this. I'm going to put myself on the spot because I also just said that I don't read the digital copies of things I back. But when I back a lot of Kickstarters now, like unless if I really want the physical copy, because I just like, first of all, limited space. I, I'm yeah. running out of space already. Like, and that's, you know, that. And that's not even including just Kickstarter stuff. That's just like if I'm going to the bookstore or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, there's only so much physical space I have. And I refuse. Also, my wife would kill me if I just had piles of books, especially comics everywhere all over the <laughs> Like, you can't have that. That's, so, that's, that's my life right now, dude. My, my fucking coffee table where my espresso machine has, like, <laughs> like that's, that's where my new Kickstarter books are. All this shit's, like, piled up around my espresso machine, which is, like, then I, so now I don't make espresso much anymore. I use my mocha pot. <laughs> because i'm like what if i spill coffee on these guys so like yeah i'm i'm in i'm in like this huge clusterfuck boat and i, I got that like new idiot puppy that i finally taught how not to eat my comics because he like he won't eat like a book or a hardcover or a soft cover or a single issue but if you bag and board it oh he he wants wants that's a snack yeah. yeah he wants he wants that plastic and cardboard that little fucking shit <laughs> uh, but yeah so i finally got him to like not eat my comics but i've also had to like hide so you so yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat, man. Like I'm running out of room. Um, I, you know, I always wanted a library. I just didn't uh, think about like the shelving crisis. Still, I mean, it's, it's, crazy. <laughs> it's hard to buy. It's hard to buy furniture right now. It's hard to buy everything I've got. I'll try and sh show you a little quick. This is my like office. So I got like a little spinner rack. And then I got like my fucking books over there. And then I got like a big thing of fucking long boxes. I'm already like, <laughs> to fucking walk in this room basically. And then that's like, so that's why like when I'm backing now, like unless if I'm like, man, that book is going to be like a beautiful physical copy. Yeah. Like if you're doing a floppy, sorry, but it's, I'm, I'm back in digital. And I think a lot of comics creators appreciate that because if you back digital, most of the time you're paying a similar price that you would pay for that physical copy. Yeah. And the digital copy doesn't cost anything. And you don't have to put it in a Gemini mailer. Yeah. You don't you have know, to bag and board it. It's essentially someone saying, here's free money. Because <laughs> your thing is probably already made, you know, at that point or close to being made. Like, so like in that sense, like a lot of times, like I'll back like a bunch of different Kickstarters, but it's like, man, I really hope it's only like five bucks for digital, man. I really yeah. hope it's, you know, a reasonable Dude, price. But it, digital price, there's, there's a book I'd really like to back right now. And it's, it's a, it's a, a one shot and I think it's 60 pages. So it's not terrible, but the digital's like. 15 bucks man and it's it, like that's hard to do sometimes like i like i said i, I want to help i did re travis gibb who does orange cone productions and like mm -hmm. all the cthulhu stuff he told me recently and he was like he was like look dude he, he was like blake like i like what you're trying to do but i also know that it hurts right you know he's like i've been there and it like but he was like a dollar like if you if you're into a campaign and and you don't know what to do and you're a little broke, put a fucking dollar on it, retweet it, tell your followers that it looks cool. Right. He was like, doing that does so much more than you think it does. Um, and then, and I was like, okay, like I kind of get that. But what I'm notorious for is I will back something digitally because I like told myself I was like, let's do more digital. We can back more projects and like you mm -hmm. know we'll just we'll try and remember to read them. That's the <laughs> yeah. problem though is trying to remember to read them. Yeah. And because uh, I get dude, I get I get a hundred 
almost uh, anywhere between like 60 to 100 review copies a week because i'm on all these press lists and it's mm-hmm. like i'm always scared i'm like they're gonna take me off their list because someone <laughs> they're eventually gonna figure out that it's just one guy for blake's buzz and like he's not gonna review all these comic books we send it but anyway but like, so you know i get i have all these all these weekly review copies stuff that people send me to check out or to help promote their kickstarter and all that and like things get lost in the shuffle and then like i download these digital copies that i back and so i've gotten really bad about like i'm like okay i'll back this digitally and then release time comes out right and everybody starts fucking posting their really pretty looking single issues that they got and they're like oh look at this like came with this cool bookmark and this foil card and this postcard and like Oh, this print and then i'm the dude who's like i'm I'm like man i'm like i'm broke and i'm sad i don't know what to do and i'm like fucking dming these writers and artists i'm like can you get any extra copies because i just got the digital i can i buy like another one from you <laughs> i'm like fuck man like this is why you're poor you're buying shit you twice like <laughs> you they got they got you to double dip you you double dipped yourself you're like a comics <laughs> writer's dream <laughs> he bought digital and then he came back for yeah. this this fucking moron didn't even read the digital copy he bought and now he wants to buy the fucking variant that cost extra money <laughs> No, but yeah, but I, I I'm I'm getting better at that. But yeah, like a lot of you know, a lot of people have laughed at me for doing that. And I'm like, well, I was I was broke when the Kickstarter ended, right. you know? Like like oh, like I you know, some sometimes a single issue is 20 bucks after or close to 20 after shipping. Yeah. And it's like I, I have five. Like, you yeah, know, that's like the, I got that's the killer for me is is when when shipping is like the price of the comic. That's yeah. when it's like and it's like I get it it's fucking expensive and it's hard. Like I, I have been very lucky that I have been able to sneak by USPS and media mail, all of my comics. So I get that like $3 and 80 cents <laughs> shipping fee. That just went up too though. Didn't media mail just went up a buck, right? Or something. Yeah. Like I think that? it, well, I think it was like $3. Now it's like three eighty nine or something like that. I hope it didn't go up again. Cause that's like already <laughs> like really expensive for media mail, but like getting that, getting that through even sometimes was difficult. Cause I've heard stories from people that are like, I sent out like 50 comics via media mail and then they fucking gave them back to me. And they yeah. said, like, Oh, it's not media mail. There's some weird thing with comics where sometimes they can get through and sometimes they can't. It's the advertisements. Regular, they, they they look at like big two comics basically and they have advertisements in them. So if a book has advertisements in it, it can't be shipped media mail. So and weird. and that's typically mainstream comics, right? And so post office douchebags and like the powers that be or whatever, even if you ship like a graphic novel, which even if it's a Marvel graphic novel, it's not going to have like their monthly yeah, solicitations in it, right? But they'll be like, oh, this is a comic, so you can't ship it media mail. And yeah, there's been like horror stories of like the post office opening packages, seeing its comics, then they deliver it to the person and they're like, hey, if you want this box, you need to pay us like $30. And they're like, fuck you, what? And so yeah, there's been like these like crazy media mail horror stories and it's just like i I can't even imagine like i want to imagine it because there there is a time where i really do want to i imagine myself running a kickstarter Mm -hmm. and um and and doing a comic and i think it would be exciting and i think i've talked to enough of you guys to where i know a lot what to do and i have a really good um circle of people i can ask for help right? right um the part the big part of writing is networking it always has been and 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 um and so I, I want to do that a lot, but yeah, like I, I hear these, I hear these stories and I listen to you guys like 
talk about stressing about shit and i always make the joke that where you like got to talk to a lot of weirdos like me because <laughs> it's just you know like and, and, All and writers I, weirdos too though yeah. so it doesn't matter <laughs> but there's but there's there's i've seen because you know i do i do research or not like if not research but like when i you know every now and then i'll like check out the competition right and i'm like mm-hmm. man i am a pretty good interview like i get i get excited i'm kind of funny and i mean I, I you know like i i'm easy to talk i was i worked in a bar for seven years like i got paid to talk to people so i i like learned how to kiss like the right amount of ass and not make it weird and so like i was like you know i you know i i get that but yes i mean so i've watched some interviews where it's just like oh my god i don't i just want like i couldn't imagine like being a person where i'm like i'm trying to talk to this person and utilize their audience and utilize their internet space to to help you know you know push push my book out there and like who the fuck is going to listen to this talk and buy my book? Cause this is like, it's nails on a goddamn shot. Like I'm trying to be excited. Like, do you want to interview me right now? Cause you're, you sound like you hate your life. You're just like, oh, so you got this book out, right? Yeah. We had, we had a guy out last, we had a guy here last week who had a book out too. So you guys, you guys both have books out now. Like what the fuck? Like <laughs> get me excited about comics, man. So yeah, I mean, so like, you know, I know you uh, like, I, I always think like, like David Popose, like I remember uh, the the last time I interviewed David for the OZ, and he was mm-hmm. like, he was like, yeah, you're my third interview today, and I was like, dude, I'm sorry, and I was like, you know, like I'm like, I'm just thinking, like, oh, I'm gonna ask you like all the same questions you've been asked like three times, and and He's fucking so, prepping. He knew he knew it was gonna be in Marvel doing that fucking media run, man. Three yeah. interviews in a day, dude. He did for the last OZ. He did almost. 40 interviews in the 30 days of the kickstarter i think i more power to a man like doing even this interview which i was looking forward to I, like before the interview i'm just like oh my stomach hurts like oh dude i'm the same way i'm always I'm nervous I'm like oh you do that like work. three of them in a row i'd be so fucked the third interview would be like yeah man my book's out whatever Buy yeah it like just just get there, it <laughs> just get, just get it and go fuck yourself is this over yet oh we've only <laughs> talked for five minutes shit <laughs> But no, I'm the, I'm the same way, man. Like sometimes I have rough days at work and I'm like, you know, like when I book these interviews, I'm excited. Then like you have this shitty work day and then you get mm-hmm. off work and you're like, man, I wish I could just like sit on my couch and not do anything. But I mean, luckily, luckily for me, like I said, like, you know, like as soon as we logged into this chat, we started, we started gabbing like, like old buds. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like, it, I have, I have lucked out. I haven't had any, any real interviews where I've been like, well, you just fucking talk to me, dude. Like, why, why can't I get you out of your shell? And, you know, like, but you know, but I do know, like you know, some people struggle with that, and and so, but I couldn't imagine like doing that, like oh, I have a book now, and like every week I'm going to try and hit a few podcasts until the campaign. So that's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, you have to be on your social media game, oh, and right. and and you have to keep reminding people, and and you have to be annoying about it. And and I love when people are like, "Sorry if I'm being annoying," and I'm I always laugh because I'm like, "Dude, you guys need to be annoying. Like you're you're your own PR team. Like you have to do this." Like Seriously, no, like I live. Literally, I'm learning like and I've had a couple books out now and but I'm learning now like I don't know if there's an actual limit to how annoying you can be on Twitter because like, <laughs> because, like you got to think like you know when when I'm tweeting something I'm like man I've tweeted about this thing like four times today like that's a lot but not everyone's on Twitter at the same time multiple people have thousands of people they follow or hundreds yeah. of people they follow like there's like a lot of stuff in their feed they're not always going to see your stuff I've been trying a new strategy like over the past weekend and today 
like with eat my flesh, drink my blood. I just tweeted one tweet with like what I consider to have good copy. That's like an ad for the book with the link to it. And I've just been retweeting it periodically throughout the day. Like I just go back and I unretweet it and then I retweet it again and it gets traction and I'm doing it like eight, nine, 10 times a day because you don't know who's going to see your thing. And if somebody sees your thing multiple times, like, and they follow you, well, they probably already follow you for a reason. So they're probably not going to unfollow you because they see the ad for the book because they already follow you because they like your writing or something, you know, Like, (laughs) like, yeah, you, you really can't be too annoying like more writers need to stop being worried about annoying people like if you're tweeting about what you like people tend to gravitate towards that yeah people want to know what you're into and if you're really into your writing and you're doing it in a way that's very positive and like you know uplifting about yourself and you're proud of your work people will buy into that people like that yeah they don't want to see like if you're like really negative about yourself that'll drive people away faster than anything you gotta like you got to pretend you're always fucking on cloud nine, like about what you're doing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, or you got to be like a fucking hate monger. You got to be one or the other. It's got to be. Yeah. Like, you either have to be like super negative or you have to like, <laughs> that's what irritates me with social media is, is cause I do every now and then I'll get, a, I'll get mad at something. Yeah. And I, I try and reel myself in cause I've been called out for it. And not a lot. Like I'm not like, I think, I feel like most people who know me and follow me, like I'm not a prick, right. you know, like I'm pretty excited about comics and indie comics and, and, and I'm just, I'm, I just want, like, I want people to read cool comics. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, that's, that's how this whole fucking clusterfuck started. And then just, it's, it's, it continues to blow up. And it's like, you know, fucking a fucking year ago, I had 600 followers. Now I have like 3000 more. And it's like, what? I don't know why. So that, what's <laughs> aggravating is, you know what? 3000 people don't listen to my podcast, Frankie. And that's the irritating part. Like, what are you oh, following yeah. me for? Ladies and gentlemen, like, yeah, same, same here, man. Same here. I got like almost three thousand followers, and I can tell you, three thousand people have not bought eat my foot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's and that is, but that speaks to the you can keep talking about your fucking shit repeatedly throughout yeah. the day. Like we've sold, I think maybe like all the physical. We sold out of our first run of the physical copies, but that's not three thousand. It was obviously less than that. It's an indie print run. It's not that big. Like, so if only that many people bought it and people still want it or people don't even know about it, like there are people that I follow that like I interact with like fairly regularly, either like I like their post or they like mine. And like, then I just recently have tweeted about eat my flesh, drink my blood. And for the first time, they're like, this looks cool. I'm like, have you not seen it? Like, yeah, like where you been, like, motherfucker? Yeah, right. <laughs> I've been yelling about it for three months. Like, you know, I've been yelling about it since fucking August. The whole like, campaign. Right. Yeah, I, you we know, did so like, like our own crowdfunding campaign through Dauntless. The right, green light. So you can just, so like, that's what I'm learning now. And this is, you know, and I've been making comics since like 2013. So like, this is nine years in the make him like oh wait i can be fucking really annoying and like people probably won't care or they'll finally fucking hear me so like you know i don't know like writers artists comic creators don't be afraid to tweet about your shit especially if you're an indie person because like you said you're your own marketer we don't have marketing departments we don't have a pr team to help us fucking do all this shit so you know get done you gotta do it it and and that's another thing i love about kickstarter is that like Kickstarter success 
uh, come so much off of your own shoulders. Like, yes, yes, the product has to be there, right? It has, yeah. has, it has to be good. It has to be a good comic, right? And it has to have, you need, you need some good art, right? You need a solid cover, right? Mm-hmm. You need to like lure people in, but like you're ta- you, you have to, you have to carry that to the finish yeah. line. You have to put all that on your shoulders. And then once you get across the finish line, then you got to like get everything printed. Then you got to like ship it. And then you got to do all this other. Cause like, you know, most, the most <laughs> everybody like doesn't have the money to pay a fulfillment center, right? Yeah. And the people that do pay fulfillment centers often get yelled at because you fucking get shit that shows up bent in the goddamn mail. And it's like, you know, that, yeah, I understand why you do it because you have these bigger campaigns and it helps. But like, you know, like that's uh, one of the reasons like people like Kickstarter is it's like the dreaded backer kit and they charge you shipping. Oh, yeah. I know, like, I I mean, personally, not a fan of that, but like, I understand that like you got to do it. Like, if you're going to use it like you're not gonna know your shipping in advance and you gotta do it afterwards like i get the logistics of it but like man, people get pissed about that like you know they want to when you pay for something you want to pay for it up front right yeah you go, yeah. To, any, you go to any store I, I, i'm not buying a fucking pack of skittles for a dollar and then they're gonna email me a month <laughs> later and be like where's my five dollars like yeah. otherwise you're not gonna get like the next pack of skittles like that you said you were gonna buy like you know, so like that, I get like I get that, like, but at the same time, like, you know, do you, I don't know, can drive someone nuts. Apparently, uh, it, that <laughs> happened. That happened to me with uh, the last John Lee's Kickstarter uh, for for the for the new sync one shot. And like, I got paid right the day that the, the backer kit shit went out mm-hmm. and dude, I fucking got every add on. I was like, I'm getting the sink hard covers. I'm getting this, I'm getting this, I'm getting this. And I was like, I got the money and I paid for it. And I was like, yeah, I took the money out. And then like a month later, it was like, Hey, we need that 150 bucks guy. And I was like, shit, what? Ooh. I was like, I thought you took that already. But you so, say, yeah, now I have gotten a little smarter. Um, I'm 36 years old. Just learn how to fucking sort of budget i got a fucking app where like i actually like put the costs in like so like you know when like the the, every paycheck i get like i go through and i like do my kickstarter stuff and my Mm -hmm. bills and everything and i like like you know i pay for everything and i'm like okay cool but it also sucks now because like every time i get paid i'm like the day i get paid i'm like you are broke like you (laughs) just got a paycheck and you have nothing it's all for two weeks Mm -mm. so yeah but yeah it, it, it is it's weird but i i do love it and and i love talking to you guys and i love i love the so you got to be fucking thirsty man like it's you you got it like like you said like you don't want writing to feel like a job and and you want to be excited about it and you are excited about it you're excited for these new projects you're excited for the projects you have out right now you're doing a you're doing a cool giveaway right now which this will air after the giveaway um so that won't really help that part but you know like but you know like you're you're doing the giveaway for like the last hardcover mm-hmm. of eat my flesh ring and there's only so i was i was i noticed on mine i never noticed before it has a mine says 24 out of 25 so there were only 25 hardcovers like uh it should i think it should say i think it's out of 75 so it should be maybe oh, maybe the, i just can't read seven looks like a two maybe it's just poorly written i think i think it's 75 <laughs> So it's like, I think there was, it was like 50 was like the order limit. I thought it was 50. That's, uh, that's what I remembered. Yeah. 50 was the order limit. And then there was like an additional 25 made. So like I could get like a couple comps, you know, Adam and HG got a couple comps and stuff like that. 
Um, so I think it ended up being like a total of like 75, but like, so I only got three copies. Obviously I'm going to keep one for myself, but then yeah. I gave, I did a giveaway for the other one. And then I did a giveaway. I'm going to do a giveaway for this one just because like, I'm not going to be at a con anytime soon. So I'm not going to sell them there. And also too, like, because they were so limited, it just feels like, right. That's like, if you didn't get in on the chance to buy it when the option was there, it feels better to just be like, I'm going to give it away at random. Whoever is paying attention and signs up for it, like you, you can just have it and I'll ship it to you. <laughs> like, yeah. And people, people are stoked about it too. And it's also funny when we talk about the things we say online and the fucking algorithm or whatever. And like, the things you see and don't see. And there's, there's been a handful of people I've seen comment on your contest thread and they're like a hardcover yeah. Tyler. What? Yeah. Like, and it's like, man, like how do we make these people see shit? Where like, were you a year yeah. ago when we were, me and Marcus were sitting there going like, well, should we do a hundred copies? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know if the, the, I don't think the drive is there. I was like, I don't think <laughs> like, you know, like let's do 50. Like let, let, let's make it like exclusive. Like, you know, if the drive isn't there, I don't want to sit on, you know, a hundred hardcovers that just sit there you know like so like where were you a year ago and now i granted you know we we charged a premium for it but like you know hopefully it, it was worth it to everyone that got <laughs> so i mean i i used to i used to pay i was really 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 bad about the shop exclusive variants mm -hmm. uh and especially i used to be on this uh podcast x's for podcast shout out to x's for podcast the only podcast i ever left not because of drama just because i started my own thing but we talked about x-men every week and i was buying all the x-men comics which mm -hmm. is like 12 12 issues a month with all the miniseries and there, yeah and there's there's like awesome stuff but it, it just beca it became like a bill right and i was like yeah. i can't really afford this and not only that like not only can i not afford this i'm fucking like going to these fucking i'm buying these store exclusive covers and these variants mm -hmm. and i'm paying you know like oh 15 bucks but then you got to pay six dollars for shipping so 21 dollars for a single issue unless you're like buying you know multiple issues at the right. same time but still you buy three issues three special covers at 15 dollars plus six like you're over 50 dollars now for three issues man yeah. and i was so so bad about that and i blame david nakayama all the time and I've, i i got to interview him and he's awesome but like i spent so much money on his shit and i love it and i'm so glad that like he's like just doing like normal dc and marvel variants now and i'm like i'm like yes i could just buy your shit for 3.99 it's amazing um but yeah i used to be really really bad about that and i got i got better um, you know, and, and so like, you know, I'm, I learned that like, Blake, you're not a rich man, you know, like, you, you, you know, I like, I like to cook good food. I like to drink sometimes. Mm -hmm. I I love buying omnibuses. Omnibuses aren't fucking cheap. Right. And then I'm just like, how can I never save money? And I like woke up one day and I was like, let's start a comic book podcast. That's, that'll, we will never have money. We'll be broke forever. Uh, but maybe happy, maybe we'll be happy, right? I don't know. Do what you love, and you'll never have a dollar in your life. That's the first. <laughs> oh man, that's good. I like that. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I need to make that a new Blake's Buzz t shirt. Uh, <laughs> 
Oh man, well, uh, Frankie, this this was awesome, dude. You're so easy to talk to. Like, you come back on my fucking show anytime, man. Like, oh, yeah. like when when Who Killed Sarah Shaw drops, like, come back, please. Awesome. Um, but uh, I I know I, I told you we I told you we usually run about ninety minutes. I I know you got you know probably a, I don't have a life, so I don't know this typically, but I'm sure you probably got shit to do. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you saw it. if when you go back. I saw your I saw your buddy like look you like walked like, in. My friend my 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 friends are over, and I didn't know he was coming over today. And so he's like, I saw him like standing in the fucking thing like a serial killer, like looking in the like the window. I'm like, oh gee. <laughs> Well, that, that's uh, I I think I think we got some solid content. So real quick, because I am I am a polite podcast host, and and mm-hmm. I want to make sure everybody knows, like where do we find you? Where do we keep track of you? And I, we didn't get to talk horror movies as much as I wanted. One real good horror movie for our listeners to check out. Okay. Um, for for the the beginning of spooky season, whether you believe in the power of August or not, I do. I I I like I like your I like your idea to start it in August. So where do we find? <laughs> seasons uh in your heart it's year round yeah it it, it, it's never it's never gone if you believe it's like santa claus you can so you can find me on twitter at frankie white that's f-r-a-n-k-e-e underscore white like the color and then on instagram i think it's the same one if it's not an underscore it's period um twitter i'm primarily comics you know whatever i'm watching or anything like that just shooting the shit with people Instagram, I don't talk about my comics as much on there just because like that does not fucking track in their algorithm like at all. Yeah, it's weird. That is like weird. I don't get it. It's like if you want to see pictures of like my dogs and stuff primarily, that's where you you're gonna want to go. That's where the good content is. (laughs) Um, and then for a movie for everyone to watch to start the spooky season, I'll start with something that's not Halloweeny. Um, and I mentioned it earlier uh, when I was talking about how I love Reffin movies. Watch the Neon Demon. That is one of my favorite movies. Period. Uh, it is a horror film about the fashion industry, and it has a fucking bumping soundtrack. And it is a gorgeous movie, and it is also horrifying. Neon Demon. Okay, cool. I haven't seen that either. So you, you gave me something to do. Hell yeah. Always learning. <laughs> always learning. All right, everybody, buy Frankie's comics. They're fucking real good. Like, I'm not just like he's a good dude. He's easy to talk to. He's funny. He's charming. He's got all the shit going for him. He's also a real fucking good writer. He writes really great dialogue. He writes really creepy horror movies, and everybody's got beautiful hogs just flapping in the wind. I don't like who would have thought? Who would have thought that that's what makes a great horror comic? <laughs> But no, like for real, man, like you are such a, you're such a good voice for the indie community. You're such a good dude. I, I just appreciate you. I'm glad I got into a position to get to know you better and get to talk mm-hmm. to you. And thank you for coming on my show. And I, and I, I was not bullshitting, man. Like, I don't care if you got a comic coming out or not, or if you're just bored. Like you are an easy, you're an easy guest co-host to have, man. You, you, you fucking come hang out anytime you ever want, whether you got a book or if you just if you just want to talk about your dogs or horror movies, I'm down for that. This has been as soon as we started talking, I was like, oh, I feel like I've known Blake. For, for yeah, like, everybody has. Really? Everybody, everybody says that they're always like, man, I feel like I've known you forever. I'm like, oh, I don't know what I, I get. Like, easy going I was just meant. I was just meant to do this. I guess <laughs> I was just meant to be broke and and, and broken podcasting forever. Uh, someone told me I should have been on the radio, and I was like, I don't think. I guess I don't know. Like I, I don't feel like I, I don't know enough about music. I'm be like and next up we got this band i don't know anyways but 
as this was this that was, was not a compelling sell for you to be yeah yeah it. like it's like uh do you guys like music listen to this hot beat <laughs> this is what the kids say slaps ladies and gentlemen <laughs> No man, I'll, I'll I'll let you I'll let you get back to the friends and the wife and the dogs and the spinner rack and and whatever else you got going on tonight. This was great for me, man. Getting to talk to you, getting to know you better. Uh, you're just you're good people. You're a great writer, and you're putting out really awesome comics. I you know I will uh, I will retweet and scream from the rooftops about who killed Sarah Shaw because I'm excited for that, and I'm definitely excited uh, for um, the Amber Door even though you did make me choose between Fellhound and Maria Wolf. And I still feel guilty because uh, I love Fell so much, but I went with the Maria Wolf cover and I like, I'm so scared. I'm so scared. She'll hear me say this now. <laughs> the cover though is so fucking good. It's good. It's so good. <laughs> all three covers for the Amber Door are amazing. And I don't want to keep going. I'll go on a tangent, but yeah, they're all fucking <laughs> All right, man. Well, real quick, anything else you want to shout out or anything else before you leave? Like we're, this is, this is your moment. Uh, nah, I'm gonna regret it because I don't got anything that popped into my head. And I'm, I'm gonna, gonna keep that. I'm gonna keep that in though. I'm not. You should. You should out. keep that because that's how my brain works most that's, times. That's, when I when I release like the the little the little clip to be like, you should listen to this podcast. It's gonna be like Frankie, like nah. Yeah, I'm gonna fucking like leave this and then I'll be like, oh man, I forgot to plug like <laughs> Kickstarter right now. Oh, back the twin blades. Yes. Blades. I mean, this should will this air before the Kickstarter's over? Do you know? Yeah, yeah. All right. So then yes, next, back next the twin Sunday. Blades, Cause that fucking book is gonna be sick. And that variant cover by JJ Lopez and Nikki. Yeah, Rodriguez that's a good one. Is, he's got a oh, he's got a good variant. So good. <laughs> I was about to shout out and say like, "Hey, Jared Luhan's going to be on the show next week, but this will be—he's—he's going to be on the live stream, but this won't be out yet, so it won't fucking matter." <laughs> if you listen to this, you can go back in time and go to my YouTube channel and watch Jared Luhan hang out uh, on, on Blake's Buzz Live. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right, Frankie, this was awesome, man. I really appreciate you. And uh, like, for real, like you're really good people and you're really talented. And I wish absolutely nothing but the best for you and hope you just keep fucking killing it. Thank you. Appreciate you. Please don't stop. If if you stop killing it, I'm going to come for you. Well, I hope I don't. <laughs> if I don't, if I stop killing it, it's not intentional. <laughs> <laughs>